Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora, how are you, my friend? I'm okay. My voice is kind of going in and out, but I am here. How about yourself? Girl, I'm here. You know, I was singing the blues to you before we got recording because I've been all over the map, it feels like. And I'm in Atlanta currently and we'll finally be getting back home soon. So I've loved the experiences and the time, but I do miss my bed and I do miss, you know, home. So yeah, no place like it. Exactly. But otherwise, I'm I'm living my best life. So cannot complain. But guys, you know what today is Thursday. It means it's time for quick headlines and hot topics. And girl, not too disappointed, not too shabby with the list today, because we have some hot items that have been going on in these streets. The first one came today. Well, actually, when you guys were listening yesterday, but for us, recording day, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard verdict was read. Delora, we talked about this a little bit in our previous uh, episode. They have a defamation suit that's been going on between the two of them. They, Johnny Depp sued her, she countersued. And as of the verdict read today, the jury awarded defamation damages to both of them. But Johnny Depp's was significant, right? He was awarded $10 million in compensatory damages, $5 million in punitive damages, and Amber won $2 million in compensatory damages, none for punitive. Now, there is a cap of $350,000 for punitive, so his will be reduced. But obviously, this is a significant move to kind of show that the jury sided with Johnny. He released a statement as well as she did. The CNN article I'm reading, the verdict was called a tremendous legal win by legal analyst Joey Jackson. And then Johnny Depp released a statement saying that from the very beginning, the goal of bringing this case was to reveal the truth, regardless of the outcome. Speaking the truth was something that I owe to my children and to all those who have remained steadfast in their support of me. I feel at peace knowing I have finally accomplished that. He also said um, it's time to turn the page and look to the future. And in Amber Heard's statement, she said that she is heartbroken over the verdict and that the disappointment she feels is beyond words. She's heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence and sway of her ex-husband. Delora, give me your thoughts. This was messy. Yeah. Messy, messy, messy. And we talked about this previously on how ultimately it's a he said, she said battle. They just utilize the courts to help (laughs) help defend their sides. And unfortunately for Amber, Johnny came on top. I will say 
the other trials, I don't recall them being open to the public like this one. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you the court of public opinion was on Johnny's side, Amber yeah. was mocked on TikTok and all the social medias. This is a critical thinking question that I think is worth repeating. And I'm paraphrasing off of Twitter. Is this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial white people's OJ? wow no because no one was murdered yes so i'm going to say no twitter no but for anyone listening to have no idea where i'm going with this it's to be fair a lot of black people thought oj was innocent a lot of black people did no if you ask a lot of those black people today if he did it versus 20 years ago, I, I don't think the answer is going to be the same. I'm trying not to interrupt you and have the crosstalk during the pod, but did we really think OJ was innocent or was it about the fact that it was created as a racial dynamic on the part of the defense? That was a strategic, strategic the, move. The brilliance of Johnny Cochran. Seriously. <laughs> seriously oh i mean goodness. that that i remember i remember, I remember. I remember even remember. being so young i remember the discussions in the black household right girl, i girl, remember the discussions again we talked about our upbringing i grew up very black areas black schools black churches everything and when i tell you this conversation was had between teachers parents mm-hmm. church folks like it was a a moment in time. Yeah. And I say that not to say that I don't think people are dismissive of murder or anything in that no, way for our listeners. No. What I'm saying is I think that because of the history of what black people have gone through in this country, when you see a black man's back against the wall in the way that people felt it was in this particular case, people well, were on his side kind of that is why that 30 for 30, Even that skeptical. One, the Oscar the o, on the OJ trial in the state of America was so phenomenal because they put everything in context, you know, and it was if a different time. If it don't time. fit, you must acquit, okay? But Crazy. You know, <laughs> this man wrote a whole book saying, if I did it, this is how I would have done it. So back to Johnny. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel like (laughs) Johnny Depp, that is not Johnny Cochran. Correct. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of leaning towards him a little bit. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Only because I, I don't trust Amber. He had so many people testify on his behalf. What I will say is this, Ashley, I do believe you can be a person of a particular character and situations and people can bring another side out of you. And Mm. with that, I would not be surprised if he was guilty. Some of Amber's uh, statements, she didn't, her lawyers didn't do a good enough job. That's all I got to say. I got to be honest. I did not watch a single day of this trial because as I mentioned, we talked about this previously it all felt like none of my business. Like it felt like a very toxic 
situation and relationship what they call the war of the roses right the war of the freaking roses which is one of my favorite films by the way i got to write a whole paper on that and conflict (laughs) resolution in college and it's my favorite one of my favorite courses to this day for that reason but yeah i mean it just felt like something that was not white and black And for that reason, like, yes, I believe survivors, I have been very steadfast in my thoughts and feelings on this podcast about wanting to believe and believing survivors of abuse and domestic violence. And I'm not saying to your point that there are things that Amber said that were not true. I just also, it sounded like there were things that happened on both sides in their marriage that I can't account for because I'm not in you that room, I'm not yeah. in that relationship. When your own therapist is speaking about abuse on both sides, that's yeah, pretty indicative that some things were happening behind the scenes. That's not just a black and white scenario, right? And so yeah. for all of those reasons, when this verdict came down today, I can't say that I was feeling some type of way swaying one side or another, but because of the fandom that I've had for Johnny Depp that I've never felt for Amber Heard, I did feel some sense of like, I'm glad this is resolving so that you both can move on and do whatever it is you need to do. And hopefully career wise, this is not so detrimental that, you know, you can't still do whatever it is you need to do again caveats to this, right? Because there have been other people whose careers have never bounced back for much less girl and i don't negate that because he is a white man that it could be that everybody's just gonna sweep this under the rug right and not make it seem like it's an issue so let's not let's not play that game because i you know we're aware we're aware fecal matter on the sheets in their bed i just cannot get over See, I, I didn't hear up. that detail. And again, I don't that need to is know. the insanity that was going on. That runs trial. back into this whole narrative we talked about as well about y'all not cleaning and y'all not being cleanly. Y'all not showering. No, no, no. It was a dump left on the bed. Human. Y'all look it up. Anyway. <laughs> now, see, I thought we were just talking about somebody not wiping. You mean somebody took a dump on their bed? One of them did? Johnny said Amber did. Yeah, y'all, y'all definitely took y'all relationship <laughs> to levels that I don't need to know about. I will say that. But the fact that Amber was like, yes, it was on the bed, but it wasn't me was beyond. Whose was it, sis? Whose was it? That's weird. This is Hollywood. And this whole scenario felt like such a spectacle. Again, I have not invested heavily, but I felt like we needed to talk about it just because it's hot and fresh out here in these streets. I cannot wait for Ryan Murphy's interpretation. Somebody's. Somebody's. In, in five years. I give it five years. Somebody's. Because this this is definitely a spectacle. And as Issa Rae said, when what show was it that we uh, did the undoing? Mm-hmm. Whiteness. <laughs> Rich, 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 white, white mess. <laughs> on that note, Delora, we have to move on. Our second quick headline of the day. Monique is back in these headlines and not for good reasons. She is in yet another feud, this time with fellow comedian D.L. Hughley. Delora, she had just had the whole Mia Culpa with Lee Daniels. We thought that she was putting those beefs behind her, but no. According to an article by Complex, they have been going back and forth, which, you know, we've seen on these internets over a contract dispute. Basically, 
over the weekend, there was a contract for Comedy Explosion in Detroit that Monique claimed stipulated she would be the headliner. So she started going off claiming she was supposed to be the last motherfucker on the stage, but things did not work out that way. Y'all see, I've been trying to be so good with my cousin lately. I'm really trying, okay? She needs to be in the remake of Harlem Nights and play Delores' part or something. You know what? She needs to um, sit down. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I feel like every time she gets back to a good place, at least in the public opinion side of things, because I had literally put her in my uh you know she's good to go again pile you know yep. she's made amends with lee daniel she's gonna yep. get back on track with her career in hollywood everybody's gonna be like oh remember that He's time seen what happened with netflix maybe they were that shady especially with everything going on now yeah and i mean they've gone back and forth because right first she posted then he posted then she posted then he posted what is it the contract he posted a deal mode mode. then she said oh that's not signed here's the contract then he said oh that contract is actually uh you to you because that's your company x y and z it seems like he's winning in the court of public opinion but laura what do you think about this scenario and yet another beef that we're seeing monique in um, I'm not sure about him winning in court of opinion. I know for me, at least, I see why people may feel like he is because she's the one that provoked it. She was the one that brought it up. And I say that literally just based off of shade room comments. So <laughs> please continue. <laughs> From my perspective, Monique, Monique, Monique. I mean, isn't it exhausting? It has to be. What is her sign? Like, I don't understand. I'm what a Scorpio. Is no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> girl, girl, just get the check and go. Now, here's the deal. I know she's a strong woman. She's a woman in comedy. She's a woman in Hollywood. You can't, you can't go as far as she's gone without having thick skin. But you don't have to air out the dirty laundry all the time. I just feel like at the end of the day, this was an error by the promoter um, who made promises to both camps and didn't do the, their job <laughs> to, you know, hashing out what was supposed to happen on that night, frankly. Because from my understanding from comedians, I listened to uh, Kevin on stage and that chick angel on their podcast called Here's the Thing. And I um, also heard Lonnie Love's opinion on that matter. And being the headliner is a big deal in the comedy world. I understand why Monique would be offended that DL felt like he was too big, you know, to have her be the headliner. So I say all that to say, I understand her wanting her respect so much so that she speaks up for it, but it just comes off distasteful. It just, Mm. to your point, she had just made amends with Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels was on an apology tour though. Cause who he owe money? Uh, Rockefeller. (laughs) uh, What's his name? Damon Dash. And then all the things that went on with Precious. I just need Monique to just get another hit and just sit down somewhere. So I'm saying she really needs to have a seat. It's just not a good look because this is like 
you have that friend who gets into arguments with every other friend that's in the group. And yet it's always coming to you saying, look how they did me wrong. At some point, you need to take a hard look in the mirror because it's you. You're the common denominator. It's not them, baby. It's you. One of the major issues that I've had with Monique over the years as I've seen it is she takes this stuff and she makes it so public. I think when you have disputes, especially in Hollywood, and you make it public, I get it uh, against an entity like a Netflix, because that's the way you feel like you're going to be able to get your voice heard and hopefully stir public opinion. But like, what was the issue personally with DL that made you feel like you needed to go after him personally? Just because you weren't the headliner, that's his fault. So that's been my issue, is you're making all these things public. And it's just not, to your point, a good look at all for her. Like, you're definitely always making it seem like you're the problem. And then from the court of public opinion, what's our motivation to be on her side at this rate? Because she hasn't really been working, right? So it's not like she's putting out any new content for us to, you know, love and adore and demand more. Uh, I think she thinks her reputation in the past projects she done should be enough. Should be enough. She thinks she is of that caliber. Moni project do you like love? The Parkers. Yeah, that's a good one. But that was a different version of Monique. That was the Monique who brought me joy. The Monique in the past few years has brought me nothing but headache. Every time I see her name in headlines, it is because she's feuding with somebody. And Black Hollywood is small. Very. I don't need you coming after other people that I respect and like and think that I'm still going to be on your side. You come after Oprah. Oprah? You come after. (laughs) That's like her having a feud with Michelle Obama. What? You come after Oprah V. Winfrey and think that somebody's going to be on your side. (laughs) Oprah has never brought me anything but delight, inspiration, and joy. Information. Like, so... I say all that to say, Monique, I hope you take a minute to process and digest once this latest feud hopefully ends and you're able to move forward and stop being on Black Hollywood's bad side. I really do I hope for the best for you. And I'm going to give an honorable mention to Charm School that she hosted. Mm. I mean, I liked her talk show, even when she hosted the BET Awards and did the whole yes, Beyonce yes, open same. number. Like, come on. Yeah. We loved yep. her. We loved we you. Do. Bring that, bring that person back, please, please. Anyway, congrats to Shawnee O'Neal, who got married to Laura. Have you checked out her uh, look that she sported? I love that dress. Oh, she looked lovely. I actually yes. know a couple through my, the church I grew up at, um, the pastor and his wife, they attended the wedding, so yes because she she married a pastor okay Keon Henderson they said I do on May 28th in the eastern Caribbean island of yeah thank you for pronouncing that because how do you pronounce that again the nuptials were officiated by Bishop T.D. Jakes you had even I'm even reading the article in Essence about them being there and getting some great pictures, including one of the children looking flawless in their pink and new colors. I'm loving the Bishop T.D. Jakes and his wife wore as well, as well as Yolanda Adams. She's racking the the salt and pepper now. I love that. Yeah. 
as well as Yolanda Adams, the Isley brothers were surprise performances. Um, You had some of the cast basketball wives (laughs) on the scene as well, looking good. So just overall, it seemed like they had a beautiful wedding. It seems like they had a beautiful time and congratulations because, you know, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal just came out recently issuing basically not a mea culpa necessarily, but just saying that he was wrong, right? It was me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know the song saying it wasn't me. He said, yeah, it was me. (laughs) Yeah. So congratulations to the beautiful couple. We wish you guys all the best. Four of his babies before he even married her. And then those big old babies too. Big old babies. Big old babies. And she's just as cute as can be. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, congrats in order to our girl, Yara Shahidi. Yes. Harvard graduate, Yara Shahidi. Okay. So excited for her. She not only graduated from Harvard, but she did so in a custom, custom Dior look as she is the ambassador styled by Jason Bolden. Of course, two-piece crimson hued suit including a double-breasted jacket with black buttons and a mini-length skirt. Flawless. She looked beautiful. I'm so excited for her. I remember when she talked about her Harvard journey. But one thing that I learned just by doing a little research in preparation is that she has always wanted to be a history professor. I had Mm -hmm. no idea. She said, I've wanted to be a history professor for longer than I've wanted to be an actress. And so I used to have the Harvard webpage up and I go through the course catalog. So needless to say, this is something I've been planning for a long time. Love that for Yara. Love it. Love it. I'm so proud of her. It just felt like it went by so quickly. Like (laughs) I remember when first lady Michelle Obama wrote her letter of recognition. Can you imagine getting a letter of recommendation from Michelle Obama? Like, OMG. If I were Yara Shahidi, yes, because. (laughs) The air is rare up here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Yara is an elite black Hollywood. And to these and these days, Hollywood um, on the rise, you know, on the rise and starring on her, you know, in her own show. So and producing, you know what I'm saying? My girl's out here doing the thing. Black girl magic. But the fact that she was able to graduate from Harvard while she's also starring in a show, producing, doing a lot of other projects. We I gotta stop being lazy. Like that's all I have to say. I have to stop being lazy. (laughs) You're not lazy. (laughs) Thank you, Delora. You know, find what it is that you want to do and and not be afraid to go for it, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm kidding in the sense that I do do quite a bit. So you do. Yeah, I really do. But It is uh, commendable, and I'm so happy for Yara. She is a young lady that I look up to and admire. (laughs) And I love her. (laughs) Yeah, I love her. So congratulations. All right, on to a bit more of a somber, quick headline. Rest in peace to Ray Leota. Delora, this news blindsided me. On Thursday, May 26th, at the age of 67, while working on a movie in the Dominican Republic, the Golden Globe nominee passed away in his sleep. Ray Liotta, best known for roles such as in Goodfellas, a part of, you know, film gold is, I guess, is the best way to say it. You know what I mean? He is he was a living legend 
and uh, will definitely be missed in Hollywood, but also um, he's going to be honored in his uh, hometown in New Jersey. Um, it sounds like his family is still making preparations to lay him to rest. But, um, you know, rest in peace to, like I said, he was a living legend. Any thoughts you want to share on Ray Liotta? Completely stunned. Completely stunned. I want to shout out my good college friend, John, for forcing me to watch Goodfellas. Um, We had this thing where we introduced each other to our favorite movies. And John's favorite movies were Breakfast at Tiffany's and Goodfellas. And I'm like, I love how complex you are. Like, (laughs) Two very different sides of the coin. Absolutely. I remember watching Goodfellas and just being completely, completely invested and in awe. It was such a great, great movie. And Ray Liotta is a freaking meme for his laugh from that movie. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. to your point, legendary. And I'm just so saddened because it just seemed so sudden. And so much prayers um, and comfort to his family friends and loved ones because this man was working he was working he was he was you know what's funny too is again I know he's known for films like the fellas but you know one of my favorite films he was in was heartbreakers you remember that I movie do. with Sigourney I Weaver yes. Jennifer Love Hewitt like yes. he had such range he was so funny so funny he, like he knew how to take a joke like even though he knew people knew him as like the big mobster the fact that he did movies like that I loved so much. Yeah, I mean, you think about a lot of actors of that era who've been good in comedy, even Robert De Niro. Like Robert oh, De Niro is so Fockers. good in Anita a comedic Paris. role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So again, rest in peace. Um, wishing his family and friends and loved ones all the best. Delora, our last quick headline, girl. Kevin Spacey. More charges have come out against Kevin Spacey, this time in the UK. He is voluntarily going to appear before the British courts to defend himself against four charges of sexual assault. This is, I'm reading it off of uh, Good Morning America's website. In a statement to GMA, he said he's confident he can prove his innocence against authorized charges brought by three men involving four separate incidents that are alleged to have happened as long as 17 years ago. Two of the alleged incidents took place in March 2005 in London. A third sexual assault allegedly took place in August 2008 against a second man. The fourth sexual assault is alleged to have taken place in April 2013 in Gloucestershire against the third man. The four charges are authorized and the actor can only be formally charged upon his arrest in England or Wales. Delora. As we know, unrelated sexual misconduct allegations first surfaced against Kevin Spacey back in 2017 when a fellow actor accused the Oscar winner of making sexual advances against him when he was only 14. Ugh, thoughts? I really don't have many. I hope the truth comes out and peace for the alleged victims at this point. I'm going to go as far as to say I wouldn't be surprised if any of this is true. Yeah, I think in this case, when the first charges came out, 
I, I was shocked because Kevin Spacey was an actor that, you know, I had watched a lot of his work. Yeah. Um, House of Cards was hot at the time. Everybody was talking about it and watching it. Fire. Yeah. Was not expecting this. But now where there's smoke, there's fire. I absolutely have no hesitation or thoughts that, oh, that is he capable of it? Clearly, there's a pattern of behavior here. And that's unwanted. I hope that justice prevails. That's all I have as well. Let's move on to our two hot, hot in the streets topics. Guys, are you ready? First one, Justin Randall Timberlake. Because, yes, I was a big JT fan. So I know that man's middle name. He sold his music catalog, Laura. And as E! News put it, as I watched the interview with um, Lonnie and with Justin, cashing in or selling out was really the question that came up. All right. Justin Timberlake sold his entire song catalog to a to a Blackstone backed management company, joining a wave of recent megastars who are selling the rights to their music for big bucks. This is a London based firm. Hypnosis song management that they had purchased all of his copyrights on tracks he wrote or co-wrote a total of around 200 songs and the deal is thought to be worth at least 100 million dollars this is his music collection that spans over 20 years but it does not include a lot of the in sync content such as bye 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 and those hits Laura, the article I'm reading on CNN lists a number of other artists who have sold their music catalogs, such as Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young, and Stevie Nicks. But they do mention that Justin is younger at 41 than the other musical icons that are currently inking deals. Give me your thoughts on Justin selling his entire music catalog, especially when we've had headlines in recent years about those who have fought for the rights to their own exactly music, such as a Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And famously Prince, right? Mm-hmm. This was shocking for me because one hundred million dollars doesn't seem enough for Cry Me a River. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but when we when I say those first two albums were fire, like Senorita. Mm-hmm sexy bag mirrors like no what do you mean you're selling your catalog and so one a hundred million dollars didn't seem like enough personally two he seems really young to be making mm-hmm. the deal three to your point with the e-conversation streaming doesn't you know provide those make, dividends make these artists a lot of money and because of that maybe he wants to invest in something else that he'll have more you know a greater rate of return also john legend is also one of the more recent people selling off his catalog as well which is surprising to me because mr egot i write all my music he's written for so many people lauren hill i mean like so many people um so this is going to be interesting and I wonder if there's going to be a trend and if there's something that he knows that no one knows, or it could just be a one-off thing. I hope I don't anticipate Justin Timberlake having some issues, but you know, the 
shady side of me is like, ooh, hopefully there's no scandal that's about to pop off. Oh, wow. <laughs> is those photos, additional photos from the situation with him and his co-star about to drop? That movie came and went. Ashley, like, what was the name of that film, that project? My like, thing is, Justin, Black women deserve to be married, not just um, secondarily <laughs> desired. Wait, the way Jessica showed up the next, like, weekend or whatever um, to make her presence known. I'm but, just saying, don't just flirt, wine and dine and have us on the side. Like he did Black women, exactly deserve a ring anyway what i want to say <laughs> you sound kind of salty because i was at the time a little bit because remember i told you when they first got married i said i give just the bill seven years before i come and and take over no i used to say that all the I time don't remember this. yes because i used no. to be so obsessed with justin timberlake justin timberlake was my second major crush in my life it was genuine first oh lord and then i fell in love with justin timberlake <laughs> And I had both of their posters. Like, I was so in love with these men. And I was like, listen, it's a far, far away world, but it's going to happen for me. I am I going this. to marry this man. And then subsequent years as we've gotten older and incidents have happened. Yeah. You know, my love has faded. And so I'm fine with his marriage now. But I'm, I say I like to say. I'm fine with his marriage. Yeah, I'm fine now. with his marriage now. But I say all that <sighs> to say, you're not just going to treat Black women as the fair. Okay? Because you know. There was a time where it seemed like that was the direction he was going to stick with, such as the John B's, right? But Ooh. you didn't choose that path, but so don't play that game. So was, you know, some could say tap dancing with Black culture to become relevant, you know? Some could say, but see, I don't want to paint Justin with that brush, because I remember seeing that child back in the day when he was on Mickey Mouse Club, and he has always seemed like he was ingrained in certain elements of black culture and it wasn't just a gimmick i guess i should mm -hmm. say like his however he grew up he yeah. was around and it was a part of how he grew up and what he related to so in those cases i don't just be like hey you bite in because hey that's how you grew up that's what you gravitated towards that's what you liked versus some people who like a miley cyrus girl took the name right out my girl <laughs> you did not grow up you did not grow up like this stop playing this little game anyway i still like miley cyrus but i'm just saying my point with the conversation about Justin is this. I wondered if this is him signaling he's done with music because for hmm. years now, hmm. I have felt like music has taken a backseat to acting and to he's other interests really he's had. Yeah, relevant in the acting world. And that's fine. But his last album was consider kind of a flop it was in terms of just his, go ahead and say okay it. you know yeah. i was trying to be nice the only but, song i like is the one he has with chris is it chris singleton what is his name stapleton stapleton that was my only favorite song on that see that's album. nice of you because i didn't even like that song but there really? were a couple that got played a couple of times and but it was a disappointment it was commercially a disappointment i know for yes. fans it was also a disappointment so it i'll say wasn't that good it wasn't good but I also felt like he was trying to hone in on something that he didn't quite capture, like the Beyonce's and things, which is falling into your roots, figuring out what your roots are, attaching to them and releasing music accordingly. Right. Mm. And so I feel like maybe he was like a hey, maybe this music thing is not for me anymore. The 2020 experience was awesome. If that's his lasting legacy, I'm fine with it. But I say all that to say again, I wonder if he's saying, hey, I'm really kind of done with this music thing. Let me go ahead and sell off my catalog because I have other things I want to focus on in the future. So that was my thoughts personally. 
So really quick, since we're talking about childhood crushes, I'm going to say this really, really brief. Orlando Bloom was mine because Pirates of the Caribbean, come mm-hmm. on now. Mm-hmm. And so when Katy Perry married him, I remember writing in one of her comments, I was like, oh, my teenage dream. Way to tie that in, Delora. That's why you guys don't know this. Delora has been reshared on E! News. <laughs> she has received some love from some celebs on these internets because Delora has bars, guys. Delora has bars. In case y'all didn't know. All right, let's move on to our final hot topic so we can get out of here. Moses Ingram, Delora, our girl. Our girl from the Queen's Gambit. Jolene, okay, has been mistreated by these Star Wars supposed fans out here. Racism. Supposed. Racism. The big R has been going on on these internets. Moses posted a series of comments that she's received that are insanely racist against her for her casting in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that was just released on Disney+. Plus. All right. She mentioned that, you know, she doesn't really know what what people can do to combat it, but she just felt like she had to make it public. And thankfully, Star Wars, um, you know, Ewan McGregor, for instance, has had her back and said that there's no place for racism. And, you know, the Star Wars in general camp has come up and had her back. But this is not obviously the first time that we've seen a racist reaction to the casting of a person of color. I think the one that I always go back to that was the most jarring for me at the time was when Amanda was casted in the first Hunger Games film. And somebody said that her death mattered less to them because they were watching the little black girl. That devastated me at the time. Devastated me. Delora. As it should. Because first of all, we read the books. There was no I clear. I was such a big fan of the Hunger Games. I was such a big fan of all the casting. And she was black in the books. Make no mistake. Her and Thank the you. other guy in her district. Her district. They were the only were district black. that had dark skin or, you know, brown skin or what have you. So it made... Oh, those it devastated me, especially because it was really the first time in a long time that someone had articulated such a blatant feeling about our lives mattering less. Girl, that is why the statement is so basic. Black lives matter. Exactly. That is the bare minimum. Delora, you've already posted this to our stories. What were your thoughts when you first heard about this? Unfortunately, I was not surprised. And I'm going to need Disney and all these studios to do a better job in protecting, you know, their actors because the beautiful young lady was cast in the remake of the Percy Jackson series. And she had to get off of TikTok and Instagram because of the hate that she was getting. Um, the, the young lady who played her role previously had to speak out on um, the hate that she was receiving it's like you believe in Yoda in a galaxy far, far away. Why aren't Black people there? Why yeah. aren't brown people there? Why aren't Asian people there? What is it about science fiction 
that it would be a stretch that a brown person would be there. I don't understand these things. Because racism permeates everything, even nonsense. Because racism permeates everything, even nonsense. The fact that these fans are this passionate about keeping whatever they think these characters are supposed to look like, all white people except for the little aliens, I just don't understand it. I will never understand it. And it's unfortunate to me that it's, again, still so prominent today, right? That's what's always the most discouraging. But, I mean, can't be surprised with all the incidents that have been going on in the world. But it's still always just sad to see and to hear. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And the fact that thinking about Black Panther and even the movement, what they call it, the Afrofuturistic movement that being revolutionary it's like guess what black people like to think about themselves being in the future or in different worlds like i don't we're in all the spaces why this is such a hard concept we're in all the spaces the last thing i have to say and i know i've been trying to be good about my cussing but all of you who have sent her messages go fuck yourself period that's on period that's all I got, Delora. I, I still have to watch the show. My aunt and my cousin were watching it yesterday, so I'm excited to watch it. They said they really enjoyed it. And um, fuck the haters. First of all, Moses is an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. She, she stole is, her scenes yeah, in The Queen's Gambit. Graduate. Like, if you care about credentials and all that, she's qualified. How about that? Like, I, just let this woman participate in this new world. That's been made up off of someone's imagination. Girl, the ridiculousness. Anyway, and guys. Get that Disney, get that Disney check, sis. <laughs> really quick, I actually had a friend DM me about our podcast. Um, this is from Brandon. He said, Okay, I'm glad for your success. I'm glad you all have your groove on your podcast, which is so interesting and successful. That being said, how y'all gonna do all them Bridgerton episodes and only cover episodes one and two of Atlanta? Question mark exclamation Ooh. part. No one has said that we are not gonna recap the season now that it's done. He said only one and two, only one and two. Delora, nah, first lady. I must say this behavior is unbecoming. I'm like, first of all, he's my dear friend from literally elementary school. Shout out to his dad also, who was my music teacher. That tickled me so much, Ashley. So I just wanted to bring it up. Well, thank you for the feedback, Brandon. I guess we'll have to do a recap of Atlanta. That's what I'm hearing. So we appreciate the suggestion and the feedback. And we will put that on our radar. By the way, I think we did more than just one and two, because I think we did a second micro dose as well. So. I don't remember. I think we did. Point is, we will recap the season. I had just watched the finale and uh, it did not disappoint. It resolved some things I needed to be resolved. I'll say that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Delora, what are we recapping for the people on Tuesday? We are recapping Disney plus original Sneakerella. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you do. And we'll see you next time. Bye.